Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we're offering four conversations from Season 3, Episode 8, our discussion of the Innovation in Nathal Care 2022 initiative. In this conversation, Louise Campbell, Stephen Harrison, and I join program co-chairs Jeff Lazarus and Jorn Schottenberg in considering program scope and learning targets and to reflect on the value of increasing patient awareness of fatty liver disease. This recent innovations in NAFL care webinar and upcoming hybrid conference in May constitute one of the major initiatives to shift the focus for fatty liver disease awareness and treatment beyond the hepatology community to a more diverse set of medical specialties and patient advocacy organizations. So sit back, listen, enjoy, learn, and when you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn and Facebook discussion groups. Louise Campbell. Is there an opportunity with Fib4? And I know when you talk about your biplane and your fighter, we know there's a massive cost implication between really advanced technology and your fighter jet in comparison to your biplane. But when we talk about algorithms in health, the more specific we get and the more we find, the more people go, oh, we don't want to find it. It's a very expensive way to look. And I just wondered, we have National Health Service Health Check, which it's like sticking a small plaster over a gaping wound you get your finger pricked to get your cholesterol you get a blood pressure it doesn't tell you much about the person and we put it into a few algorithms but if you were to take a set of blood where you could calculate all of the biggest risks for cardiovascular type 2 diabetes fib4 so your major organs out of a couple of blood samples and we could pinpoint the specific age range to say that this is going to capture the most people that are going to be at risk now and potentially at risk in the next 10 to 20 years. Is there a possibility to link something like that to NAFLD pathways in the future? We know. Stephen Harrison. You would hope so, but remember this is what Theranos tried to do, right, with Elizabeth Holmes? <laughs> and, and it did, I mean, the, it's a great idea, but, but I don't think our technology is there yet to do that on a couple pricks of blood from a population. But We're not even take the pricks of blood, but actually logistically really take blood off people in a specific age range to say that this is the volume of people who are going to get fatty liver in the next 10 to 15 years, or cirrhosis of any description. Because we know the age ranges where people die of cardiovascular disease. We know the age ranges of people who are liver disease. In the UK, the average life expectancy is to 59 if you're diagnosed with liver disease, for example. So we would be on my, just off the top of my head, I'd be thinking of screening or looking earlier, which means you can have pre-printed results that say your Fib4 is X your, to guide GPs. So it becomes more of a holistic health check for big risks, cardiovascular, liver, diabetes, in a blood test rather than just paper over a crack, I suppose. Is there that opportunity in the future? Jörn Schattenberg. There's some truth to that, Louise. You know, what we want to achieve is that the physicians that are interested or the physicians we're going to involve are aware of this type of tests and the concept of disease stages and fatty liver disease. Because when I talk to physicians here, you still get those, you know, why should I worry about the liver? On the other hand, we know that it's an exponential risk in patients with cardiovascular disease. So how much does the liver add? And we really want to emphasize the need to do these type of tests. Because if you physicians that do get the report, but they won't act on it because the knowledge is not there, this is a major burden here, at least in the German healthcare system, where you have less 
NHS structured pathways. It's the physician has to act on something he receives and convey that information to the patient. And that's why I think that outreach is so important. We need all these other stakeholders to get on board. Jeffrey Lazarus. Also, I mean, we're talking about primary care physicians and yet even endocrinologists aren't all using the simple free test, Stephen, you know, for Fib4. Yes, I think we need to be thinking about multiple approaches and at multiple speeds. So we can be raising awareness among primary care physicians, but we need to be raising awareness not only among cardiologists, but around endocrinologists and BCD specialists. Because again, when we reviewed the strategies and action plans, they're not considering this at all. I mean, we're moving on two speeds now, which are basically stop and slow, and we need to be moving toward slow and intermediate. And I like what you said, Louise, that's long-term thinking that I think we need to be testing now, because at some point, I hope we're at the point where we can implement that. But again, I mean, you can go to diabetes clinics around the world, around Europe, around in high-income settings, and, and they're not addressing fatty liver disease at all. So it's going to be hard, a hard sell with a lot of primary care physicians. So the question I have for you, Jeff, is why aren't they addressing fatty liver? So in the U.S., we would argue that it's, or what I'm told, is we have 15 minutes to see a patient, we have to address all these HEDIS measures, I'm dealing with cholesterol, I'm dealing with A1C, I'm dealing with blood pressure, I'm calculating the ASCVD risk score, I'm sending them for their mammogram, for their colonoscopy, and talking to them about healthy eating. In my 15 minutes, I don't know when or how to add in a discussion about fatty liver. We make the argument, okay, well, this is diabetic hepatopathy. You talk to them about retinopathy, neuropathy, nephropathy. Why not add in a bit about the liver? Well, okay, so do we have any drugs to treat that yet? No, but we have lifestyle. Well, I already talked to them about healthy eating, and I focus on low carb. I focus on low fat, lean meats, and exercise. Right. Okay, that's good, but uh, do you set a target weight loss goal? And we kind of go in, in a circle, but sometimes it ends up back to, you know, Dr. Harrison, I've never had a patient die of cirrhosis in my clinical practice. Well, okay, that may be true, but that's because they got sent to transplant and they didn't come back to you. And, and so there is this ongoing debate about, okay, if fatty liver is a real problem, how come I wasn't taught it in medical school? How come it wasn't taught to be by my mentor in my fellowship training? Then if it's a new problem, do we have drugs to treat it? I mean, this is like it's, it's almost like a perfect storm. You want to keep a very simple message because I'm a big believer in the KISS principle. Keep it simple, stupid. Let's make it, let's boil it down to its least common denominator, make some glossies, and go out and talk to the world about the same consistent message. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with Fib4 because you can look at all kinds of algorithms out there. I'll raise my hand. I created the BARD score. Well, that's not used anymore. And my good friend Paul Angulo created the NAFLD fibrosis score. That's really not used anymore. But all these are kind of out there in algorithms. There's the R fee. There's lots of things. So if we could finally come to an agreement that we're going to advocate for one score as the first test, understanding that the best way to diagnose these patients prospectively is with sequential testing. But that's really not the target today. It's excluding the people that don't have disease and those that are in the indeterminate zone or abnormal zone. There's another opportunity for them to get tested further. But we need to have a very simple message. We need to be uniform in the way we deliver that message. And let's be honest, it's going to help when we get our first FDA approved 
improved treatment because now we've got something to hang our hat on and we can build from there. But it doesn't mean we can't start to build that foundational, consistent, all marching to the same beat, the same drum now as we look forward to the first therapy. Because I think at that point, like in anything, there are watershed moments where we ramp up in our educational opportunities and we ramp up in the utilization of whatever we're trying to use or assess. We'll have that first big step with the first drug approved. Stephen, thanks for that. You brought a question to mind that I want to throw out to the group, which is that if we're trying to get a simple message out, the simple message should have a simple endpoint. What are we trying to do here? We're trying to get liver fat down? Well, that's vague. I, I, I don't know where I'm trying to get it down to or what am I trying to avoid. So the question becomes, to me, I'm wondering level becomes, what am I doing this to avoid? In that regard, as we're starting to go out now and figure out things like what would you do with targeted messaging at different specialties, I get two sets of feedback. I get people who say, all you want to talk about is cirrhosis, cirrhosis, cirrhosis. And then I get people who say, oh no, talk about cardiovascular, talk about metabolic issues. And it really is two different diseases. I'll ask, first of all, Jeff and Jorn in the context of what you're working on this year, and then more broadly, all of us. So what's the end point? If we're trying to get people a a simple KISS end point, what is it? What are we trying to avoid? I mean, I think we are trying to avoid advanced liver disease, cirrhosis, end-stage liver disease, liver cancer. And the way to do that is to know if people have too much fat in their liver and what their fibrosis stage is. And Stephen, you posed a question and then you also answered it. And I fully agree. But there's also, I feel like, a moral obligation that people should know that they might have a liver problem. There's all sorts of other health issues that are raised with them. And liver should be on equal standing with people so that they're aware we don't have great tests. Well, we didn't have great tests for COVID and we didn't have great treatments. Obviously, it's very different being an infectious disease, but people have a right to know. And and as physicians and public health experts, people in the system, we need to, to raise the awareness that there is this, well, tsunami, this huge number of cases out there that people are, are unaware of and that there's a huge interplay. So, Roger, you asked about metabolic health. People need to know that there's other things at play. It's not just to approach everything in silos, but it's to consider, again, the whole of system approach. I talked earlier about the whole of society approach for fatty liver disease policy, but we need to look at the whole of system approach for, for individuals. And if primary care physicians are too busy, and I appreciate that, and I think they probably are too busy, and there are automatic calculations that can be done. And as I said earlier, we can also, while we're slowly raising awareness with them, be targeting those who need to take urgent action, which would be endocrinologists. Yeah, you know, it's interesting just thinking about this a bit more. On my plane flight home yesterday from Paris, one of the flight attendants, and by the way, Naeem Al-Khori was sitting in the seat right behind me. I don't know what made us look like liver docs, or maybe she overheard us say something about the liver, but she stopped us and said, do you guys know anything about fatty liver? (laughs) And, and, And Naeem and I looked at each other and said, a little, what's on your mind? And she said, Well, I've got this wonderful Jordanian friend who is a little overweight and maybe diabetic and was told she had fatty liver and was basically told, don't worry about it. There's nothing you need to do. And she was telling me about it. And and I, I began to look around on the internet and sure enough, this could be a problem for her, right? I said, yes, this could be a problem for her. How old is she? Well, she was 60. And I said, so she's a postmenopausal female, overweight with potentially diabetes and from a really high risk ethnic background. She's like, well, well, she's 
who's visiting me in Dallas, is there anywhere I can go to get checked? And what check would you recommend? And we looked at, Naeem and I looked at each other and said, hmm, do we know anybody in that area that would be able to put her through, you know, the appropriate testing and refer her to the potential right place to go. And just to be honest, we couldn't think of one. So we both gave her our card and, and, and I said, drive five hours, bring her down to San Antonio and we'll do a free fiber scan and we'll put her through the appropriate testing. But at a minimum, you should look at the liver chemistry test. And we didn't talk about Fib4 because I think that would be a little, maybe not appropriate at that in the middle of a plane to talk about what Fib4 is. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I think the patients are beginning to sense that there is something with fatty liver and that when they go to their provider, they get falsely reassured that there's nothing going on. And so that just reminds me that we have to do this in parallel. We need to bring the patient awareness. But if we send patients forward to the physicians and they're turned away, that doesn't do us any good. So we have to, at the same point, we have to educate the physicians. But imagine if all we did was educate the physicians and we didn't teach the patients that there's a legitimate problem. We're kind of in the same boat the other way. So it's a dual-hatted effort to get after patient education and physician education. Fully agree. Jeff is going to probably say that one of the aspects we're going to throw in there is going to be to have patient involvement in an advocacy group or patient perspective. So that's clearly very important. And the other thing, just to mention briefly, because you asked of an endpoint in listening to Stephen and, and Jeff, for me, the endpoint is an at-risk of liver disease patient or call it at-risk liver disease patient. That will be redefined over the next years but I think we got to push for that endpoint to identify the patients that will get in trouble for their liver and educate our peers on how to identify them and manage them or refer them. And I was just going to add that, thank you for telling us that story, Stephen. It must have kind of been awesome just sitting there, you know, when someone asks you if you, of all people, know anything about fatty liver disease and kind of you to offer to take care of that patient. But there's way too many to be doing this on a one-by-one, you know, case and offering free fiber scans. The very first talk at the webinar was the new NAFLD patient guidance, the first set of guidance you know, developed for patients in lay language, developed by Sven Frank, with many experts and, and patient representatives involved. One of the big problems we have, aside from not having the, the treatments beyond um, you know, lifestyle interventions, is not strong or well-developed liver patient groups. So weak advocacy groups, weak groups raising awareness in, in so many different countries. So many countries have no patient group at all, diabetes groups, cancer groups, don't usually address liver health issues. So I think we need to be taking this sort of top-down approach, if you think maybe more from the health system and the specialists and clinicians and going into to GPs and in the bottom-up, which is educating the population, but also even educating the patient groups um, themselves and helping to develop them. Because that was one of the successes in viral hepatitis was when Charles Gore and others at the European Liver Patient Association, which is only around 15 years old, said, we're actually going to help create new liver patient groups, primarily focused on biohepatitis, in countries where they're needed. And they often called on medical professional organizations to help um, in that process. And that's what we need to do for fatty liver disease. And now, 
back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. Next week, Surfing the Nash Tsunami will be back with Louise Campbell hosting a group of nurses and affiliated professionals talking about the practical challenges of fatty liver disease. I'll be back in two weeks with a discussion stemming from one of the major initiatives coming out of NASHTAG, the Nail and IT Initiative. Until then, stay safe, surf on, and we'll see you soon on the podcast. Bye-bye now.